Hey, Kat, sorry I'm late. Oh, hey, Justin. It's okay, you know LA traffic. Mm -hmm. I'm always late anyway. LA traffic's a killer. Mm -hmm. hey, say, what kind of car is this? This is pretty nice. This is a Porsche Taycan, and this color, Tiffany Blue, is like a custom made. Wow, it's so cool. Yeah, welcome to Cat Jamming the Car. That's my podcast studio. Nice. Are you ready? Do you want to start this podcast? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, here we are at Cat Jam in the car. We have our guest today, Justin Garfield. Welcome, Justin. Oh, Cat, it's so great to be here. Good to see you. Good to see you, Justin. So, Justin, you just went to a Laker game last night, right? I did go to the Lakers game, and man, what a game from LeBron James. 48, 8, and 9. Just a gem of a game to see in person. Wow. That's so cool. So are you a Lakers fan? I'm actually a fan of the Rockets, who they were playing that night. I did grow up in Houston, so sorry, Laker fans. I wasn't on your side last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're definitely a fan of Yao Ming, right? Yes, love Yao Ming. Love <laughs> Yao Ming. <laughs> love so, me some Yao. Yeah, so like uh, while you were in Houston, he was still playing there, right? He was drafted in 2002, I want to say, first overall. So, yep, I was... Gosh, I don't even want to date myself here. <laughs> I, I was in second grade, I want to say. Just finished second grade, something like that, when he was drafted. Wow. All right. So now you live in L.A. Do you still miss Texas at all? Are you, like, totally a fan of L.A.? I'll tell you. So when I was 18 years old, the day I turned 18, I moved to Orlando, Florida to go to school. Oh. And then as soon as I left Orlando, I moved here. There's a reason all of that happened. Mm -hmm. As great as Texas can be, it just wasn't for me long term. So I came out here and I feel right at home. So how many years you live here in LA now? Six years. Cool. So like, LA is so spread out. Like, which part of LA is your, like your favorite? You know, it's really tough for me to get away from the South Bay. We were talking about <laughs> this a little bit before the podcast, but I came yeah. up all the way to see her from Hermosa Beach. I love it down there. It's just got everything you need. Yeah, I think that's one thing about LA, so spread out. You can live by the beach, you can live by the mountain, right? You can live in Hollywood, like just whatever vibe you like. You, So Justin, tell us about yourself. Like I know you also just got certified as a life coach. I did, that's right. Oh my gosh, tell us about a life coach. Like I'm sure like this is a topic lots of people are interested. Yeah, so coaching is a little bit different than therapy. Therapy addresses things that are in your past and giving you some trauma and addressing those traumas. Now, coaching, we're very forward-thinking and trying to get you to where you want to be. So in a typical coaching session, we'll ask some questions as a coach to help guide our clients along the way and figure out what it is that might be haunting them or bothering them in the moment and then coming up with a plan to get them to where they want to be each week that we meet. Mm -hmm. Do you think everyone needs a life coach? I fully support that. I think everybody <laughs> could do so great things if they address their mental health or if they mm -hmm. hire a coach or whatever they feel that needs, mm -hmm. they need. Especially here in LA, I think a lot of people need sort of direction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited to like start this journey as a life coach? Do you have clients right now? I uh, got a few in the works, but always looking for more, you know. I'm very excited to start this journey, I'll tell you. It's been something I've been working toward the last 10 months to a year. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so excited to finally be certified and ready to hit the ground running. Is it hard to get certified? I wouldn't say it's difficult, but I would say 
choosing the right coaching school will definitely benefit you the most. There are certain ones out there that are better than others. There's ones that require a lot more work than the others. But just find the one that works, number one, for your budget because some of them can get pricey and the other being one that just feels right for you. Mm -hmm. You know that feeling where something just feels right? Mm -hmm. I feel Justin, you definitely reminded me of life coach. You have this very positive vibe and energy within you. I think that's what people want to uh, kind of have them as life coach. You got to inspire people, right? Part of life coach, their journey is. Absolutely. I feel it's my duty as a life coach to aspire to inspire before we expire. I did not make up that quote. I don't know who did, but I wish I could attribute to somebody right now. It's just so great. That's so profound. So why did you decide to become life coach? I decided to be a life coach because I just enjoy helping people. When I was growing up, people would always come to me for advice on things, being a moral compass, and by no means am I perfect morally. I've made a lot of mistakes here and there. But the most important thing is you learn from your mistakes. And that's what I want to share with everybody out there because we make mistakes almost every day. And we just can't hold ourselves to our mistakes and let those define us. We need to make sure our victories define us. And for people who aren't getting that many victories, that's where I come in and help. So you are a big believer second chance, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you because I think a lot of times when people make a mistake, like nowadays people also talk about it. Some people uh, had some Twitter tweets. Uh, like years ago, people were bringing up those old tweets and started to judge this person. I just feel like, come on, just give it a break, right? Everyone make, like you said, everyone make, make a mistake. That's right. I mean, there's some that people are still tweeting out in their adult lives, maybe from 10 years ago, maybe they were 35, now they're 45. And that's a different situation, however you want to see it. But then there's others where maybe you're 26 years old and you tweeted something 10 years ago when you were 16 and very unaware of how the world worked. I think certain people deserve the benefit of the doubt. They were young, they were inexperienced, and maybe it's not just an age thing. Because there's a whole lot in the world that not everybody is all in on. People may not be familiar with a whole discourse community, a whole community of different people. And they may make a comment generalizing something about them, and it just gets blown up when they blow up, and then destroys their career in the end. Yeah, I feel like mistakes makes you human as well. Like, no one's perfect, right? Like, you know, like you said, you made a mistake, you grow. That's kind of like, I think life coaching is so interesting. It's like you guide people. Uh, like sometimes people make mistakes. They get it so sucked in their own, like those kind of darkness, right? Mm -hmm. Couldn't get out of it. Yeah. So like Justin, when you, um, you said when you work as life coach, what do you guys normally do? Do you guys just work as a therapist or like... As, like I mean, I never had a life coach, so I'm, I'm wondering, like, what do you guys do exactly? Sure. As I kind of mentioned before, it's a little bit different than therapy, how we don't go back in the past and look at your traumas that are really haunting you. We look at what's in the moment now and what we want to do 
next week? How are we going to get there? And let's come up with a plan for that. So, for example, if you were my client right now, Kat, yeah. and we're sitting in this car and we're doing a life coaching session, we'd start out with a few general questions like, what do you want to talk about today? Mm -hmm. uh, what specifically do you want to accomplish? And mm -hmm. certain questions along those lines. I'm not going to give away all my secrets on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to hire him. <laughs> <laughs> but then from there, we would just talk about everything around the situation that you're in and what's keeping you in this same spot and how far along do you want to move if you want to move at all. It's all about exploring the client, where they are, what their intentions are, what they would like to do, and how they'd really like to move forward in life. Did that make sense? It's kind of like uh, you work as a sort of like gurus, <laughs> inspire people <laughs> to focus on their future and focus on now, doing it now or something, right? Not looking back to the past. I wouldn't call myself a guru just yet, as much as I would love to. <laughs> Maybe in like 50 years from now, I can call myself do you, that. Do you want to become a guru? That would be ideal. It'd be ideal to be a guru of something. Yeah, because I remember you texted me this spiritual like uh, thing you guys are doing. By That's the beach, right. right? That's right. So every month, this is completely separate from life coaching. Okay. I'm a very spiritual person, and I found that you can heal your body, heal your energy with sound and to do that you oh, go to sound a bath. sound bath that's okay. right mm -hmm. we do a sound bath and energy healing on manhattan beach every last sunday of the month my good friend dina and i started this up a couple years ago and it's just blown up we have so many great beautiful souls who come every time or we have new people come and they experience the magic for themselves so cat i want you to picture this imagine you're on manhattan beach or just any beach you see the sun going down behind you. You're laying down on a beautiful, nice, soft blanket on the sand. And right in front of you, you see a teepee. And inside that teepee, there's a gong. In front of the teepee and the gong, there's a blanket. And there's somebody sitting on it with about seven different crystal sound bowls. And little by little, one by one, that person has sticks and they tap it and they ring around the rim and it's making the most beautiful ambiance sound. You've got a slight breeze going, you've got the wind, almost non-existent with, <laughs> I don't know why I just said that, but then you've got the waves crashing one by one. There's even a whale out there that comes up for air. There's some dolphins coming up and jumping. And then all of a sudden, you feel a slight touch in your head and you feel a slight touch right above your chest mm -hmm. and that's Dina she's there to energy heal you mm -hmm. she's taking all the energy that no longer serves you out of your body channeling it out you may feel a little emotional you might be coughing it up you might be crying a little bit and that's totally normal because there's a lot of trauma and energy down there that's sitting there that you may need some help being released and that's what we're there for wow you already sounds very like kind of relaxing serendipity so people are crying as well while they're going through that journey we've had some people cry we've had some people cough like they have covid thankfully they didn't <laughs> it's just a beautiful ceremony that we've had going for the last couple of years and we've brought in so many great people and anybody who knows about it 
always comes back. Anybody who wants to come, we welcome them with open arms. So how long is that sauna bath? Like how many hours? It's just for an hour from four to five at the last Sunday of the month in Manhattan Beach. Mm. And this is all part of a nonprofit that Dean and I have been building up called Energy Healing for All. Mm. Our mission is to heal those who need it and just not ask for anything in return. Wow, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure like he's such a beautiful journey like just by the way you describe it or sunset or beach right sounds so relaxing and I saw the pictures sent over like you guys also built those beautiful like uh, kind of like a fork thing you guys build it there right that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not just the sound bowls we have wind chimes we have more gongs we have sage that we go around and clear your energy with mm -hmm. we have did I already say wind chimes? I may have already said wind, wind chimes. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about a sound bath, uh, but I never experienced. I think I had experienced it once at, at Clubhouse. Really? Someone did that on Clubhouse. Hmm. We did a sound bath. Like, do you remember during the um, pandemic, they have like yeah. a, the audio based app? Uh huh. Yeah. And where is Clubhouse nowadays? Is it still a thing? I don't know. I mean, it was pretty big during pandemic. It seems right now everyone back to their real life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the one time I experienced uh, sound bath. This lady did that on Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting, it's not like a real experience, but they just kind of doing like those sound bath, like you're listening in on your phone. Right, <laughs> I think that's the best alternate way to get it done. <laughs> yeah, that's so mm -hmm. interesting. Also, Justin, you also mentioned about you did comedy a couple years ago, right? That's right, yeah, yeah, something we have in common. Awesome, tell us about that. I didn't even know you did a comedy. That's <laughs> why you, you have very interesting comedy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, my comedy journey started back in 2017. I used to live in Sherman Oaks, and I went to this local bar called the Oaks Tavern, which was the hub of my social life for oh, yeah, a I couple years. Yeah, I know that place. I, yeah, I performed there. It's a great spot. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to them, by the way. You like that spot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't say enough good things about my memories there. Right. But yeah, I went on a Monday night, and there was open mic uh, comedy. All these people had signed up, and I was just there listening. And you ever get that feeling where there's just this sense of confidence inside of you that's just eager to get out, and mm -hmm. you're like, come on, come on, I got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. So I went up and asked the guy, hey, do you have any more slots? I had no material prepared whatsoever. I just feel like I had some jokes in my head mm. and I needed to get them out. And he's like, yeah, sure, go buy a drink. And then I, I go buy a drink. Yeah, so I went to buy yeah. a drink and I realized, so I don't have any cash. Uh -huh. And I was really, really poor back then. I was barely making any money, so I had to be mm -hmm. so careful about how I was spending it. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of chilled there and was like, okay, maybe next time. And, but then he comes back up to me and says, did you buy a drink? And I said, you know, man, I just don't have the money right now, so maybe another time. He's like, oh, man, tell you what, don't worry about it. Just go up and close the show. Mm -hmm. Such a nice guy. So he got up there and called my name. I went up. 
I had absolutely no material plan whatsoever, but I did a couple impressions. I did a couple sports jokes because I am a sports fan. <laughs> you are. I actually did get one or two laughs, so I was proud of that. Oh, wow. And so that is where my comedy journey began, but it went on a big hiatus until 2019, about November-ish, I want to say, when I signed up to do a comedy class with uh, this gentleman named Adam Barnhart. It was through El Camino College, one of their extension classes, mm -hmm. where it's not for any credit. You just do it to, you know, learn comedy and whatnot. And, of course, I just now had moved to Manhattan Beach. I'm thinking, oh, El Camino College, it's right here. Well, I didn't read the fine print to say, oh, wait, this class is taking place downtown. <laughs> and so I had to get up every Saturday morning, and I had to drive 30, 40 minutes into downtown oh. and <laughs> go to the comedy class. But it was fine. It was fine yeah. in the end because I really enjoyed Adam's class. Shout out to Adam, by the way, if you're listening to this right now. Mm -hmm. I learned so much from you. Uh, but yeah, I took the comedy class and part of it was you really had to go out there and try your material over and over again, yeah. just as you do, I'm sure. You have to go yeah. to the smaller clubs, test out your smaller jokes right. and which ones get bigger hits. Yeah. And then you take that to the bigger stage. Right. Uh-huh. So we had to do that on a weekly basis. And we would meet every Saturday and just come up with the routine. And then our final exam, per se, was a show at the belly room of the comedy store. Wow. So the way he framed this up was, hey, if you never do stand-up comedy again, at very least, you could say you did the comedy store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a legendary place to perform. So how was it? That was probably the peak of my comedy career when I did the comedy <laughs> store. That was just felt so good to be up on stage because you know I love to be in mm -hmm. front of people with public speaking. That's my thing. Yeah, the comedy is definitely sort of has that public speaking yeah. energy there as well, right? Right. Comedy is a bit different because you're going after the laughs. Mm -hmm. And it's so, I don't want to say it's so reliant on results, mm -hmm. but in, let's be honest, it is. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting any laughs, then you're probably not going to be invited back. Yeah. Well, they'll probably pull a cane and then just take you off stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've had those performances before where I wasn't actually caned off stage, but I just knew things weren't going well and I mm -hmm. was just like, all right, have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever bombed before? Oh, yeah, totally. I think every comedian bombed. It's just if you if you didn't bomb, you're not like real comic. Mm -hmm. It's pretty long. I think as a comedian, you've got to bomb. You've got to try out your jokes, right? Like you said, you don't know this those jokes going to work out or not. So, like, uh, do you see yourself still do comedy? I, I think down the line, I could be a full-on comedian. It's just that I have so many other interests. I feel like comedy is taking a backseat to those. Like another thing is my music. I'm a musician as well. Okay. So you think you prefer mu music more than comedy? I'd say at this very moment, uh -huh. that's the way it's going. But things can change. You know, life is such a journey with twists and turns. Yeah, so what kind of um, music you play? I love playing alternative rock, some mm. pop, reggae, ska. Wow. Every Monday I go to Hennessy's in Manhattan Beach uh -huh. for open mic nights with mm. my friend Barclay. Shout out to him. He runs it. So any musicians looking to do some open mic, check out Hennessy's, Manhattan Beach, Monday night, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to build that up for a little while now. Wow. And then the other thing he does is uh, Barclay runs another thing called the South Bay Jam at Patrick Malloy's in Hermosa Beach. So every Thursday, all the musicians in the Hermosa Beach area come together and they play all these songs all night. Mm -hmm. And then we have a different singer each time, it seems. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. It's a great music community down there. 
South Bay sounds like great community for artists, mm -hmm. right? Like there are all kinds of stuff going on there. Yeah, I, I like to think of the South Bay as like a very, very tiny Nashville. Nashville mm. is music city. It's not just country music anymore out there. <laughs> Nashvilleites, can you attest to that? It's just music. Wow, I didn't know that, that part of South Bay. I just know like South Bay is like a, such a fun spot to live. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't have to commute to LA, like we said, right? Right. It's beautiful, but it just has a traffic insane. It demonstrated me on the way here today. It said 45 minutes. It ended up being an hour 15. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that happened to you. But that's LA, right? That's LA. That's why everyone's fashionably late in LA. Mm -hmm. I'm late all the time, by yeah. the way. That's my thing. You, you know what you sign up for when you move to LA and you have a car or you have to commute. Yeah, I think that's one thing. Only thing about LA is the traffic because I think LA is so beautiful. We have everything. We have beach. We have like mountain. You can go hiking. You can go to the beach. There are all kinds of amazing restaurants here as well, right? It's so diverse. Speaking mm -hmm. of restaurants, just ask you a question. If you can only eat one type of food for the rest of your lifetime, what it would be? Oh, wow. You know, I always am a sucker for some vegan fried chicken. So I'm going to have to say that. So you're vegan? I have been vegan for almost 10 years, yeah. Is there any specific reason you're vegan? Or is that because of your spiritual journey or something? Well, I wasn't so spiritually awoken when I went vegan. I was on the path to it, but wasn't fully awake just yet. But I did it pretty much for the animals. And the story goes, I was living in Orlando, Florida for college, and it was spring break time my freshman year. And I was supposed to go on a spring break cruise, but they forgot to include me. So my mom texts me and says, you want to go visit your uncle vegan in LA for a week? And I was like, sure. So I actually came out here to start my vegan journey. I didn't know I was going to go vegan on the trip, but he had been vegan for a long, long time. And I was more open-minded to trying it when I was here. I was already not feeling great after eating regular chicken and stuff and drinking cow's milk. It was making me feel stuffy and headaches. And so I felt like I had the strength and will to step away from it. Cold tofurkey, I like to say. Mm -hmm. And then... Once I just tried it for a week, I felt so clean on the inside, so amazing, and I realized I wasn't hurting any animals. That was the biggest part of it for me. Have you ever been to an animal sanctuary, Kat? No, I, I can't, because I watched those documentary. It, it is just so sad. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even watch the documentary anymore because I'm a huge dog lover. I mm -hmm. used to watch the documentary. just so sad. I don't think I can handle going there. It's going to be way too much for me to handle. Really? With all and the cute animals just living their lives? No, no, no. I just uh, felt about like, oh yeah, those sanctuary. Uh, you talk about it. I yeah, sanctuary. Sanctuary. Oh, I, I got it the wrong one. I saw it the, is the one like the documentary about no, how no, no, animals no. are harmed. <laughs> yeah, slaughterhouses. Those are big, yeah, big trouble. Yeah, no. so sanctuary definitely. I want to go see it. Like just see an animal living the harmony, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm huge dog lovers. Yeah, but uh, just talking about those documentary about how those animals were harmed. Mm -hmm those are very hard to watch absolutely once people make that connection of what they're eating actually was this cute fluffy animal once it's just so hard to take mm. that image out of your brain and you never want to eat it again that's how i went through it mm -hmm. now again everybody's different people go vegan for health people go vegan for a whole lot of different reasons 
the way I see it is let's not tear each other down for why we're here. Let's just remember that we're here now. We're all making the same impact. Yeah, I know. So definitely, uh, that's a very LA, right? Lots of people have become vegan because there are so many animal lovers. That's very important too. Do you have dogs or cats? Are you dog or cat person? Let me ask you. See, the reason that I don't take either side in that is because I grew up such a dog person. I've had four Bichons my whole life. <gasps> Cute. Right now, I've got two of them. They live with oh, my you have mom. Two? Yeah, they're my oh, mom's okay. dogs, but right. I live so close to her. They're basically all of ours. Uh, but uh, when my uncle got married. Uh, his lovely wife had two cats, mm -hmm. and I've catsit them before. They look, they don't look, they feel like they're dogs because they play fetch, they'll mm -hmm. like, cuddle with you, they'll lick you. Yeah. They're just so sweet. And I've just found that, you know what, I, I shouldn't take any sides anymore because I love both of them so much. Yeah, I'm a huge dog lover as well. Speaking of dog, there's uh, this old gentleman just walked his dog Aww. into the car. Dogs are like humans' best friends, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know, I, I watch those like dog movies. Every time I watch those dog movies, just so sad that, they, you know, they have to, you know, die before you. It's just the only thing that's so sad. Like, you know, by the way, we're at a plumber park right now. This is a park I used to come to play tennis every morning. So people passing by sometimes get a bit distracting but I figure it's it's beautiful day out by the way LA has been raining for days mm -hmm. today's only day right now this week has been sunny and beautiful right mm -hmm. do you miss like sunny days yes I miss the sunny days yeah. that's why I love the summertime and not to say that I fall into a depression in winter because that's a strong word and it's a real disorder but I'm just not as happy during the winter and fall that I am in the summertime. I totally agree with you. I'm definitely like, you know, summer girl as well. I feel summertime, everything is so much more alive. Mm -hmm. Like wintertime, just, it's, I don't know, it's cold, right? I can't wait, like summer night, it's beautiful. But we're so lucky though, you know, like we don't really have winter. I mean, it's getting a bit chilly now, but it's not like real winter, right? Right. But this year different because we never had so much rain here in Los Angeles. It's like a flooding. Mm -hmm. so. I remember in years past when I lived here, it usually hits us hard January, February, and then it doesn't rain the rest mm -hmm. of the year. Mm -hmm. So they're probably just doing their yearly, oh, here's all your rain at once, enjoy it, because that's all you're going to get. Yeah, that's what it is said. It just said that like uh, maybe yesterday was the last day of raining. Hopefully, yeah. I'm I'm over rain snow. It's over it. Mm -hmm. Now we can come out, enjoy the beautiful sunshine, and go hiking, do all this stuff. All right. So Justin, since th my podcast is kind of like a virus topic, sometimes I also talk about relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to ask some fun questions. Okay. So what is a deal breaker of your relationship? Ooh. Definitely smoking. If you smoke cigarettes, it's a big hard no for me. Mm, yeah. I can't do with that, no. Right, I know, like uh, some people said that. Lots of people from New York, they smoke. It's very different from like California culture here in LA, right? Mm -hmm. Just barely. I mean, people smoke pot. It's different. Right, yeah, that's different. Yeah. It's just so common and it's not really harmful for you as opposed to. It's herbal, to, right? Yeah, not yeah. opposed to everything that comes into cigarettes or something yeah. like that. Do you smoke pot? <laughs> Oh gosh, once in a while I'll take a couple puffs, but it's not something that I go out and spend all my money on. Me too, I totally agree with you. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, like, 
I'm the same way. Like lots of my friends smoke pot, and then I'm like, oh well, I'm okay with that. Even my birthday is 420. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like the thing. It's such a big thing, right? Like in California, it's like a 420. Yeah,、mm-hmm. it's like a national holiday、mm-hmm. here. Yeah, especially yeah, like, right now it's legalized. People just smoke everywhere,、mm-hmm. right? Everywhere you go, like parking lot, I guess, so people smoke by the、mm-hmm. beach as well.、Yeah. Do you remember a couple years ago that viral meme on social media that they had to take out the mile marker 420 in Colorado because they were afraid it would get stolen, and they put in a mile 419.99. I'm pretty sure it said. That is hilarious. <laughs> by the way, Colorado is the first state, right? Colorado to, was the first state.、Uh, then, like, then it's California, then, right? I think Washington was somewhere. Oh, Washington. I think it was Colorado, then Washington. I, I didn't follow it too close. How about Texas? No, 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 no. Texas is anything but friendly to weed. Are you serious?、Mm-hmm. So, like, if you smoke pot in Texas, it's illegal. Yep, I'm pretty sure it's still that way. So you would get arrested. That I'm not sure about. I haven't lived in Texas in almost ten years.、Uh, Texas friends, can you help me out here? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know that.、That's、I don't、so、know the laws anymore. <laughs> how crazy! How every state is different.、Mm-hmm. Wow, crazy! Wow, that's why we have so much freedom here in California, right? Right. <laughs> All right. So next question: What is the green flag of your first date? Green flag of the first date is. She's just got that radiant, beautiful energy、mm-hmm. coming right out of her.、Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, you just feel it. You don't just see the shine; you feel just how good it feels. Like your souls are giving each other a big hug.、Mm-hmm. That's、wow. when you know that okay, something has clicked.、That's... I'll keep this person around, this girl around. <laughs> That definitely sounds very spiritual.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So then, what is the red flag? Of your first date, red flag of the first dates. Oh gosh, would probably be. Wow, I didn't really prepare for this. <laughs> oh god, red flag. Not a big. Well, of course, the smoking thing. If I see them roll up and say, "Hang on, I've got to light up," that's a huge one for me. Okay, then that it could be a red flag, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is perfect. All right, so Justin, we're almost at the end of this podcast. Thank you for being in my. Cat jamming the car.、Um, oh, thank you for having me. Of course. Do you have anything to plug? Well, I did just start my coaching practice. So if you go online to www.plantabetterlife.com, go check me out. And if you're interested in some coaching, we can do a consultation for free. That is awesome. Definitely, I think lots of people need a life coach, right? It's like sort of like everyone needs a life coach. So I, I agree. Ex- yeah, are you excited to start this journey?、Mm-hmm. I'm ready, but I need help. I need、yeah. help. I need clients. So you just put the word out, anybody. Yes. Follow Justin. Do you have like a social media people can follow you? Absolutely. Yes. It's at Justin Garfield on Instagram.、Mm-hmm. Same with TikTok. If you want to follow my vegan creations on TikTok, it's at Chef Jay Garf. Oh, I didn't know you make like vegan. Stuff, I stuff. do, yes. I'm not officially a chef. I'm not officially a chef, but I do love to cook. I love to cook whatever's on my mind. That's awesome. Because you're vegan, you have to be careful, right? You yeah. You gotta be cooking for yourself. It's pretty much a given that when you go vegan, you have to learn how to cook it to some capacity. And I、yeah. decided to go pretty far out and learn. Oh wow! So this is what goes and makes this cake a lot more moist. What you can use、uh, instead of eggs to bake. 
It's so interesting when you get your mind turned on to these things. That's awesome. All right. Thank you, Justin. All right, guys. Thank you for watching Cat Jamie in the Cars. Peace.